This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that song, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks uh this is valentine's day so for all those couples out there the married couples the newlyweds the new couples out there in this COVID land happy valentine's day to you i hope you guys have a good one um unfortunately this won't be a valentine's day episode because on our talk topic today we're going to cover we're going to talk about I'm going to review Judas and the Black Messiah, which just came out for uh, HBO Max, because, yes, it's Valentine's Day. It's going to be President's Day soon. But among all that, it is Black History Month. And what better way than to do that than to talk about this? This, quote unquote, better be an Oscar nominated movie. 
Uh, trust me when I talk about this. It's just just unbelievable what I've seen here. And uh, we're going to talk about it in detail. The life and death of Frank, uh, Fred Hampton, uh, former chairman of the Black Panther Party. So we're going to talk about that in our talk topic today. But we also we're going to talk some Valentine's Day stuff here on this on the next segment so uh that and plus some other major news some new trailers unfortunately the justice league trailer hasn't arrived yet hasn't been uh public or posted yet by dc or anybody so i haven't seen it yet at this time uh it's the morning time but they said it was supposed to release today so i'm sure in due time we'll see it we'll probably talk about it next week or whatever um but there's another great trailer that we can talk about with their release date so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg So I just need to get this out of the way and talk about this real quick. The uh, Because it's been talked about so much and it really doesn't need to be talked about a- as much as it should at this point. But the Gina Carano situation and uh, her being fired from Lucasfilms and Disney uh, and removed from her role on The Mandalorian because of insensitive and offensive tweets and Instagram posts that she's been doing. In reference to the Jewish community and 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 referring them to Nazis or whatever, and and then relating them to the Democrats, it's just been crazy. Like she pulled a complete Roseanne move, and this is somebody unlike Roseanne who is still not really at the stage of where she could be in terms of Hollywood. Like the Mandalorian was a huge role. Like if you see her lineup of movies that she's done in the past, they were like pretty bit roles in a sense like they were significant roles because if you're a fan of Gina Carano if you follow MMA throughout your life you know that she is a pioneer in the industry like she she was once considered like one of the most hottest and most popular MMA fighters out there and then even furthermore during a time when women's MMA wasn't even a thing when they were trying to deny women's MMA she was gaining popularity not just because of her looks but also the fact that she actually was had an undefeated streak up until she fought um you know cyborg santos and um then she just retired from that point but she was highly regarded highly loved by everybody unbeknownst to me because i haven't been following mixed martial arts or i haven't followed gina carano's um career she's been in a tirade of these you know, posts from on social media, giving her thoughts about the election and stuff like that. I didn't know she was fully on board and brainwashed <laughs> to this extent um, of, of on the Trump factor. And, you know, I, you know, she is a pioneer. I will never take that away. But her views and perspective on the situation and then comparing them you know in her tweets i won't go on as to what the tweet said it's been said if you can go online and, and say it but you know compare doing a comparing and contrasting of the of the jewish community and their history and of what they went through in accordance to what the democrats are doing is just borderline it's just plain and simple um people are pissed people have a right to be pissed uh i just looked uh if you're a mixed martial arts fan you know this person um ariel hawani who is one of the best 
an uh, analyst uh, in MMA. He's like, if you're a wrestling fan, you know Dave Meltzer. He's you know one of the he, he's a historian in, in mixed martial arts and and pro wrestling, more pro wrestling than mixed martial arts. But he was one of the first to really cover mixed martial arts. Ari Hawani is in that level of one of the best to ever do it, um, and he's young too. He's still young, but he's also Jewish. And he was also a fan of Gina Carano. And I heard him on Instagram, you know, talking about it. He went on live and I felt I was heartbroken just listening to him because he he had her. He's interviewed her many a times, you know, on his show. And he had high respects for her. And it, it, it just it, it's heartbreaking for him to hear that and to know that it's it was it was like when people loved Hulk Hogan and then Hulk Hogan turned like Hill. You know, which is like at the time he was the uh, considered the the American hero to many. Not me. I, I wasn't. I was a Dusty Rose fan, but he was basically beloved by all. And then he turned heel, you know, fictitiously. But then later on, he was caught saying some racist stuff on film, on camera, regardless of whether it was hidden or not, or it was you know unbeknownst to him or not. He said it, and I'm sure it wasn't the first time. It's kind of on that basis. Now, we got this cancer, uh, the cancel culture situation here. And I, I don't, you know what? I'm not full on cancel culture. I'm cancel culture to a fault. I will give one of my ACMG members a lot of credit because he said something that was pretty awesome. He said something that was pretty awesome in, in the sense of, um, it shouldn't be called the cancel culture. I think the term, I think the term actually is, should be, it, it, it damns, it damns people. I think basically he said that it should be called the accountability culture. And I wholeheartedly agree with that from a standpoint that like, we shouldn't cancel people out completely because none of us are perfect. If we lived in perfection, I can see that. And does something happen? That means you're just, you're bad, you're bad goods. But we are all capable of human error. We're all capable of not knowing everything in this world. And therefore, we're going to make make mistakes. It's all in how you recover from those mistakes and how, how much effort you put in to redeem yourself of those mistakes that you made. And we should, as a community and society, allow people to earn that opportunity to do it i mean i i'm somebody who had who made a lot of mistakes in his, growing up and doing dumb stuff that i you know made i i believe that i made up wholeheartedly for it and i had to work my butt off to redeem myself to do you know and i i think everybody should be allowed to get that opportunity to do um in her case i you know she's this is this I like I said before this is a Roseanne level type of situation where she is fully on board with what she thinks she has conviction on what she thinks I don't know if she regrets saying it in a sense of you know because of what she lost um say what you will or not but the Mandalorian her role on the Mandalorian was possibly one of the biggest roles that she's done um, yeah, she was on Deadpool and then she had her own movie when she first came out. They wanted to market her as the new big thing because of her popularity in mixed martial arts. But 
You know, it didn't turn out the way that it, you know, did. She's good. She's not like phenomenal. She's not like Dwayne Johnson great um, in a sense. And that's what they were hoping for. But it didn't happen. But she gets these roles every once in a while that works for her. Um, This was one of them. But this was the biggest one because now it's under the Disney banner. And for some reason, she thought that she can she was immune to, you know, being able to say who she wants to on Disney's front. That's not the case, and now she is unfortunately gone. Hopefully, I pray and hope that she learns from this because I was a fan of her, and I don't agree with what she says at all, but I will respect what she has done in the MMA industry and how she pioneered it for um, other women like Ronda Rousey and all those others to come in. But um, this is this is absolutely wrong, and I hope that she in time you know, sees that and changes the way she thinks and I, I just don't understand the ideology of a lot of people's thinking today and when it comes to this situation when it comes to those political grounds and whatnot it's 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 quite interesting it's intriguing it's cultivating and in, in all essence so um you know i wish for her i wish her the best in learning what she did and hopefully make amends of that as well I, it's just wrong. I mean, we got that country singer as well, who's now in in a hot fire. You know, for, I forgot his name because I don't follow country like that. But um, you know, he's been under fire recently for the stuff that he said, and he was called on camera saying and stuff like that. And it's probably not the first time he said that either. And he is seemingly looking to make amends and make efforts. He's been in talks with you know different people in the uh, black community and in the blacp and whatnot you know learning from his mistakes we know nick cannon did the same thing recently and he had he was you know he went to rabbis and stuff like that we should allow people to have accountability for this and matt uh matt croft shout out to you i agree with you wholeheartedly on our acmg facebook group uh saying uh, you know accountability culture just like i said a while back that we should be more forgiving than anything give allow people to you know allow people a chance to really see what they did was wrong and learn from it we are ever growing not ever knowing you know and we can only be ever growing if in fact we are allowed to grow if we're damned for life then it's only because we fear the the chance to do it because a lot of people may have been burnt many times and they don't want to see it anymore and i get it trust me i've been burnt a lot of times in my life figuratively i just want to point that out um but you know i i still give people a chance you know people can change people have changed if they choose to want to change so that is all i'm going to say on that but you know hopefully she'll learn her lesson from this and we'll see so there you go. Let's lighten up the news here. Let's lighten up the mood, if you will. Uh, wait, we let's not do that yet. Because I got a situation. Let's talk Valentine's Day. But let's talk something very interesting in regards to Valentine's Day that I I got an issue with. In a sense, I was looking, I was gonna do like the five um, and I'll still do it. I was gonna do like the five recommended um the five most recommended you know movies romantic movies for valentine's day and i went on a google search and i typed up best romantic movies to my surprise i noticed that all of the movies that they have 
are mostly movies that consist of act, uh, actors that are, you know, white. And it kind of bothered me. So I decided to type in best black romantic movies in here. And lo and behold, a whole horde of different black movies come in. And it kind of bothered me in a way that I don't understand complete. I do from a standpoint because I, I, you know, I understand the SEO aspect of it, but I don't understand why there has to be such a divide as to why these movies aren't combined more because there are phenomenal movies overall in both the listings that I see. I just, I'm, I'm mad because I think, I think the issue that I have is that I think black people tend to see more movies of romance than anything it doesn't matter which is which a good movie is a good movie to us i think when it comes to the 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 white culture i believe that they don't see enough of what we see and they don't they don't determine what is considered a good movie like i think i truly believe that a good movie to most white people are you know movies that are there are accustomed to but they would never watch a jason's lyric a boomerang a uh you know uh have plenty um just you know poetic justice you know stuff like that i i don't there's a rare amount of like queen is slim i don't know if it, it, there's a major a huge amount of white people that would actually watch that those movies and say that those are the really best movies i mean yeah a lot of people have seen moonlight you know to that extent you know, but I, you know, how many of them seen loving basketball, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it bothers me that Google actually has an algorithm that bases itself on what we see or whatnot, or what's the popular, what's considered popular or whatnot. And, you know, I had this conversation, I'm having this ongoing conversation right now with people in our ACMT Facebook group about it, you know, and this is where Matt Croft, uh, you know, talks about the uh, accountability um culture as it as he as he says it so um i i will say something that Ed, uh, edward nashton mentioned about this and he points out the the he talks about it from a seo standpoint in which if you don't know what seo is it's search engine optimization he didn't say that term but i mentioned the term as well but the point is he tried to explain it in a way that it's based on you know the popular um, popularity of the categories, but I still believe that algorithm is flawed in the sense that it, it it it's its popularity is based on how many people liked a certain movie, but not combined to say like which I totally believe they can write the they can write that program and write the language in to say top movies these are the top movies no matter what it is whether it's black or white i i it's as a person who has a computer science degree in web development you can rewrite anything you can make anything the way you want it to and it really it really really it doesn't matter and even matt croft too he just he did the same search um as i did and got the same results but we're both two different he's he's uh he's of caucasian i'm black so he thinks he, you know, Edward seems to think that it is based on demographical and psychographic data, which it is. I do believe it is to, to that extent, but it's still, they can override it at any time. And my thing is like, why, 
are we still seeing divided categories like this when there are equally amount of great movies out there no matter what color i you know whether no matter what color you are you know i i put up crazy rich asians up with any of it i put tiger crouching tiger hitting dragon in the same category as a lot of those movies you know it doesn't matter if it's a good movie it's a good movie it really, really bothered me. I mean, and companies do this all the time in terms of, you know, changing the dynamic of what they do to, you know, to show change. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing companies right now. PepsiCo is changing Aunt Jemima, you know, into, uh, I forgot, uh, Mary Mills or whatever. I, they changed it. They rebranded the, um, the product, changed, kept the same brand colors, but changed um, the branding of it. Because, you know, it was offensive. Google needs to do the same thing, too. I think Google, Netflix, all of them need to do the same thing, too. There's, I'm, honestly, there really shouldn't be black romantic movies or black action films or whatever. It should just be action films. It should be just romantic comedies. It should be romantic dramas. It shouldn't matter. Because when you divide it like that, it really doesn't give people a chance to see how good these movies are because if you label it as black it, it kind of just it it segregates the whole situation but it also it it, it separates it like there are not a lot of people white people who would actually watch a black drama or black comedy because they think they can't relate to it but when it in, in a situation they can learn a lot from it but if you label it as black, it just says that like only black people watch this. It's the same type of segregational type of thing that we need to stop. You know, if we're stop, if we're if we're taking away the the uh, ability to have white own only bathrooms and black only bathrooms, we should have that same situation and system be taken away for these categorial type of situations. You know, if, if we're still keeping that, why not just keep up the black only restaurants, the black only bathrooms, the black, uh, the back of the bus type of situation? No, it should not stay. It should not stay. Um, it, it's it's a it's a shame that we're still doing this. But I think more of us, not just black people, I think everybody in general should like really stress to Google and Netflix and Hulu and all those uh, um, people like great movies are great movies it doesn't matter what it is it i think there's always something that people can relate to no matter what type of movie it is i think i do believe that black people have a better way of adapting and and, and liking other movies outside of our own cultural base i don't think that is the same on the on the other side and i think that that's that needs to change um even some of our acmg facebook groups have admitted that they didn't realize this type of situation happens or these type of listings because it's just not something that you think about but you know the fact that i can type in best comedy you know best you know romantic comedies or best comedies or best anything and majority of it is you know based on movies that are starring white uh, actors but it's 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 just like come on like if you, there's i'm not saying every category in here is in here but like here's the deal Part of the listings in here for best romantic movies, Hancock. Seriously, <laughs> um, it's it Daredevil, like Ben Affleck's Daredevil. For real, 
I just like, and, and then they got also uh, Rami Spider Man. They got Amazing Spider Man too, which I will admit, yeah, the MJ and, and Peter Parker thing on both of those movies are especially Amazing Spider Man too. They like Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield when they were Peter Parker and and um, and, uh, and uh, Gwen Stacy. Their chemistry were, was really awesome, really really awesome. But like. Come on, like the the only other one is like Malcolm and Mary. That was the latest one that they came up with that was considered popular. I, I just think they should be merged together. I don't know to what extent how the algorithm works. I know that the S I know the SEI I get the SEO aspect to an extent, but I also know that at, you can always administrate and override anything. Social, it, it, you could do it on social media. You could do it on the streaming apps. You could do it everything. I just think that there needs to be a new structure that will allow people to want that will get. Or I want to say allow people. It will give people an opportunity to want to consider watching certain movies. Because if you label it with like just black own or whatever, it kind of just it, it 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 sends off a vibe that like okay. Maybe this is a guilty pleasure or maybe this is like a uh, forbidden taboo. And it shouldn't like watch our watch our movies, watch the movies that are done by us. There are some really good movies. And I think this is also the reason why a lot of the movies that deserves to be, you know, in categories and in awards, you know, categories and nominated don't get nominated because they feel marginalized or, or, or segregated from this point. That needs to I truly believe that needs to end, you know, but, you know, I was having this conversation and Ed, um, Edward, you know, said, you know, I, cause I mentioned that it was from a psychographic and demographic data, which it, I know it is. Um, but it said, it doesn't give, he doesn't, um, he said, Google doesn't give objective suggestions anymore. I totally don't agree with that completely. I believe that's that's what they said, but they still have some inkling of control in what they do. They have to. They can't just rely on the AI to do whatever, everything on its own. You have to oversee something eventually or check to see what's going on from from an analytical standpoint. Um, it gives suggestions results, suggested results based on data. It's collected from us. What uh, what our demographic searches are and what people search uh, about our demographic. I, yes, that's the basic algorithm. But also, I believe that it's categorial as well. That uh, it's categorical based on what they provide, what they what they program in here. I still believe that they put their feet in the, in the water in this. Um, but something interesting that he also said too, he said merging the lists would actually be less profitable for them because it would decrease interaction. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I agree with that. I'm not so sure. I agree with that from a standpoint that like, yeah, all right. Maybe it will. Maybe it will at first. But it. I. I don't think it would for in the long run. I think in the long run it may actually be better. And here's the thing: if they feel, if their focus, if their main focus is that merging the the listings together is less profitable then to me that means that they're only focusing on money and not trying to make an ideological change to me that that's means that it's, it's about more about money than morality in here and it that should not be that just tells us that google is out for themselves that is not caring about that that they want to just they want to grab 
you know, appeal to all demographics separately and profit from it by dividing us. That's not right. Like I said, I mentioned Aunt Mama. I mentioned other, uh, you know, other aspects that are trying to make change. And it's going to change. It's going to change things. It's going to, you know, when you rebrand something, it does change something. It does make change. Sometimes there is loss in rebranding. It is very crucial when doing so. But then also, it's also even more crucial when you keep something that holds a, a history of shade in a sense. This is kind of one of those things, and we have to make those efforts. I think if from if from a short time, it will be lost. But I think during a, in long term, you know, when people start to assimilate and adapt to these new ways, I mean, look how we are with COVID right now. We had to adapt. Some people aren't adapting, and they're they're you know they're paying the consequences. But other people are adapting and assimilating from it and able to persevere from it. It's just as simple as that. I, you know, overall, I just hope, you know, they do make some, you know, valid changes to this because it, it's just, it, it's disturbing for me personally. I, and from what I'm reading, it's disturbing for other people as well. And the bad part is there is a lot of good movies on both sides, but I feel that I, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you if I write on here right now, there are a lot of black people in my community that have watched not only our movies, but also watched other movies. But I don't think it's, I, I truly believe it's not the same thing on the other side. I, I would question how many people have not seen anything outside of coming to America <laughs> or, or, um, you know, um, the nutty professor or whatnot, or anything, just Eddie Murphy for that matter. I don't think they, you know, white, there's a lot of white people who've seen the wood. I don't think there's a lot of people who've seen Jason Lyric or Boomerang or Love Jones or, you know, think like a man or, per, well, Purple Rain, everybody saw. I ain't even gonna front. <laughs> or, um, you know, Why Did I Get Married? Great, 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 great movies. You know, romantic movies, The Best Man, you know, Think Like a Man, stuff like that, you know, Just Right. You know, there's a lot of great movies, Love and Basketball, like I mentioned. But I guarantee you, we've all seen movies like The Shape of Water. Like, my community is definitely going out to see uh, stuff like that. Um, they got Battle Angel Alita on here. And I, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, but I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of great movies that we've seen. Wait, why is... That's weird. They, they got to anime it in top romantic movies. That's just bad. <laughs> Monster problems. Um, 365 days like Emma. You know, I'm sure date night. I'm sure a lot of my community have seen a lot of these movies. But the other way around, nah. We're like, we're more accepting to stuff like that. And I just think that it, it just, that needs to change. That absolutely, absolutely needs to change. So hopefully it will. But, you know. I've had to get like some really good movies out there. I mean, there's some plenty of good movies out there. I just named a, a bunch of them, but whatever it is, go out there. But I would just say support more. Like if you're if you're not in the black community, if you're outside the culture, go out of your way to check out one of one of those movies that stars some really awesome black actors out there that are, you know provides a will probably provide a nuance of what love is and aspect, and maybe you can learn a lot more about our culture and uh, and aspect, but you'll learn also that love is love no matter what it is that there is a similarity to both movies no matter how google or netflix or um you know hulu or you know any of these sites that you know tell you there's there's 
a lot of similarities to it as well. So, all right, that part of the rant is over. Let's let's get down to some business here and let's talk about the trailer that I didn't get a chance to talk about last week because it was Super Bowl Sunday and they premiered the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, which is slated to come out on March 19th, which is I believe is going to be slightly right after WandaVision. By the way, we're going to be talking about that, too. So let's get down to it. The um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer starts off with these two in therapy. They're <laughs> sort of like couples therapy. And they still got they they have a back and forth animosity together. But yet they always keep working together. They show um, them two on a plane. And, you know, uh, Bucky is trying to say, like, what are we going to do? And Falcon pulls a Steve Rogers move by jumping out of the plane. And he flies into the Grand Canyon awesome scene and they also show this city that looks like kind of wakanda but i don't think it is it's like some type of a neon city it looks like a very akira like we see the return of baron zemo with mask this time i might i might say there's also a new character in here that we that nobody's still been able to pinpoint or wonder who it is um you know they, they show a scene where um where uh sam wilson is actually in some type of memorial for steve rogers hinting that he might have died at this time so these two are you know teaming together and they're trying to work together we see agent 13 makes a return back as well and she's going to be a part of this too so this is awesome love agent 13 we're going to finally see um u.s agent as well they haven't really shown what he looks like but there are pictures and uh of what he looks like out on the internet right now um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome. They have these, you know, uh, car chase scenes where they're fighting on a truck and we see Bucky getting his ass whipped by this, by that other, uh, female antagonist and <laughs> Sam Wilson is making fun of him in that case. This looks awesome. And this trailer looks absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And at the end of the trailer, they show them trying to outdo each other in, uh, in a blinking contest. And it's the, the, uh, therapist is actually just she's annoyed <laughs> she's utterly annoyed this trailer looks absolutely fantastic i can't wait for this if what we saw in the in the uh in, in wandavision so far is any indication whew, i don't know if i'm ready <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready because that trailer is just awesome wandavision has been awesome uh i'll get to that in a second but before that i want to get into some dc news because again black history month we got to celebrate and dc comics is celebrating in a big way so i want to give my thoughts on my first look at static making it back to the milestone comics universe or milestone media universe i should say polygon.com shows us the first look of milestone uh, media's character static a beloved character by a lot of people uh as we count down the days to the return of the milestone universe in August of 2020, DC announced that they they um, that the beloved Black founded company will be making its return. The company was founded by Dennis Cohen, uh, Cohen, Michael Davis, Derek T. Dingle, and the late and legendary Dwayne McDuffie, also the writer for Justice League Unlimited. And why that is still one of the greatest comic book animated shows of all time because of Dwayne McDuffie's writing and the actual what he did with that it, that's when I became a fan of him I, I I never really read the um 
Milestone Media Comics or anything, I watched Justice League Unlimited because I was a Marvel. I was a huge Marvel fan in the 90s, so I wasn't even reading like DC or their their uh, third party based, you know, uh, titles or whatever like that. I was all Marvel. After watching uh, Justice League Unlimited and, and the writing and, and the storytelling, and I found out that he was the main dude for this. Wow. I was blown away. And I became a fan of him instantly. And I started doing research for him and documentaries about Milestone Media and what he's done and how much of a enforcer he was about representation in the comic book industry for black uh, writers and artists. These guys were in the forefront. These guys these guys were the NWA, the public enemy of that era. I would say more or less public enemy. And if anything, Dwayne McDuffie was Chuck D. <laughs> if you want to put a comparison to in the hip hop world to that extent. Um, but in the Polygon article, we see the image of the new static and hot streak uh, from the comic static shock. I think they're just going to call it static, uh, static at this point, but um, it was illustrated by artist Nicholas Draper Ivy. This dude artwork is going to bring me back into comics. This artwork is phenomenal. The new character design provides a dynamic and explosive feel with a heavy manga anime uh, influence to it. It is beautiful. I mean, what's so awesome about it is that you have this anime look, this anime manga look, but then the hairstyles are spot on. Like, the, the, I mean, just absolutely spot on. It's perfect. Like, if anybody, I don't think I've seen a better, probably afro samurai maybe but i don't see a i haven't seen a better representation of anime in and assimilating into the black culture as well as what uh draper ivy did it is just awesome along with static milestone media will be bringing back other cult classics such as icon rocket hardware and much and more to, um to be announced now icon is going to be interesting because i think it's going to be very interesting and appropriate for this day and age because Icon, although be it black, he was also a black Republican. And that's going to be interesting in this day and age, in this in this landscape, in this climate of how they're going to portray this character. You know, is he going to be Republican? You know, traditional Republican? Is he going to be Trump Republican? It's going to be uh, very interesting to see where this goes. I'm, I, I am definitely intrigued by that one. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what they're doing. The new chapters will premiere February 26th with a digital extended cut of the Milestone Returns number zero one shot, Milestone Return edition zero, uh, number zero, and 24 pages to the book, uh, adding 24 pages to the book, I should say, written by Hudlin, uh, um, it's Hudlin, I should say, and drawn uh, by various artists, including Cohen, Nicholas, uh, I, uh, Draper Ivory, and more. Uh, if you can find a way to see this uh, in some form or fashion, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics episode, which is entitled The Color of Comics, which really it's it's an awesome, awesome episode. I, it, actually, the entire series of Robert Kirkman, Robert Kirkman's ser uh, Secret History of Comics is awesome. But in particular, he covered the color of comics and, and the uh, representation and influence of Milestone Media and the comic book world and how they made an impact into the universe and what Dwayne McDuffie went through 
and his passion and unfortunate his passing uh going through it all but it was an amazing 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 thing i go out anyway i actually if you're in the acmg uh, facebook group I actually posted on there the the episode on there um it's awesome robert kirkman did a great job covering that um i was second at by the image comics uh episode as well but the color of comics covering the history of milestone media unbelievable the majority all of the founders are on there as well and they're talking about it is well very well produced it was um amc actually uh you know it was on ac amc so you know you know the people brought you to walking dead and robert kirkman is a a part of this as well so you know it's going to be top quality from there so go out of your way to check it out but get ready milestone media is coming back and i'm looking very much forward to it and by the way i am also reading again ironheart and I'm really mad that I fell off of that comic because I read the first few um, comics of Invincible Iron Man. I actually have the Invincible Iron Man comic uh, framed in my office here, which was um, they did an illustration of um, one of our very own here in Philadelphia, Um, the owner of Amalgam Amalgam Comics in there as well with uh, Riri Johnson, um, which is absolutely awesome in here. So you know, I've read her books. I've read the origin story. I mean, like Riri Johnson's origin story is just god awful. Now, I mean, it's not god awful in a bad way writing. It's horrible from a standpoint of what she went through. Like she lost her father, she lost her stepfather, and she lost her best friend. Like she had three times the tragedy that Peter Parker had <laughs> in her life all from like gunfire or whatnot it it was just you know it was it's unfortunate but you know she she's a prodigy and she that you know tony stark discovered and gave her the opportunity to be who she is now and she's one of the champions if you will one of my favorite new groups out there as well so i'm reading her stuff again it's really good i feel bad uh that i have it that i fell off it and i love the art um the artwork in there too the art style is really well done in there too so uh go out anyway check all that out support all of that as well all right folks main event time of this segment we're going to talk about everything that happened in this episode of wandavision the follow-up from the major one hour special uh that they had last week which revealed pietroff uh in in this uh series the one from the fox universe as well it's insane so the show recaps the events of last week's one hour quote unquote special which they you know which was normally which went for like a good 45 minutes as opposed to the normal 30 minutes of all the other episodes and it was for a reason i believe that it, i my belief of that is that you know every once in a while these comedy shows especially in the 80s and the 90s have this you know have these one hour drop dramatic specials to these comedy uh sitcom episodes that you know they want to grab your heart in these things and that was that's what they were doing that's what i felt like they were doing last week this week <laughs> they kicked it up now we're into more modern sitcom you know uh you know humor here and style in this episode wanda now takes us to a more modern world of sitcom with an intro that pays homage to malcolm in the middle like legit like the minute that i saw it i'm like that really does look like mock middle middle and other people agreed to it and i looked it up too and other people uh said it was too so um this included a newly revisited 
Pietro Maximoff, who is now the, uh, he's casted as the uncle character living with the family on the show. The uh, show starts off with both Billy and Tommy breaking the fourth wall, much like they would on that show, um, talking to the audience. This was very well, like every one of these episodes, I mean, for people need to really appreciate what they've done with these episodes. Even the 50, even the sitcoms from the 60s, the range of acting that these actors had to portray, and in, in particular, um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bittany had to do in every single episode, the range of acting they had, because they weren't around during the 50s and the 60s. They were around during the 70s and they had to portray different versions of those comedic styles through different generations. That takes a lot of great talent. You cannot take that for granted. What they did and other actors have done in the series when they were doing this is awesome. Absolutely awesome. And this is no different. This uh, is a Halloween episode, uh, which has all of them dressed up to go trick-or-treating in the prison neighborhood of Westview. Uh, As a nod to Marvel fans, we get to see Billy dressed up in, an, in a makeshift Wiccan costume, recognizable from the comics. We also see Wanda in her iconic Scarlet Witch costume, in which she claims that is a Zakovian fortune teller costume. thought that was really cute. We also see Wanda, I'm sorry, we also see Vision in the meantime dressed in a makeshift version of the original Earth 616 costume from the comics. Wanda thanks Vision for wearing his costume as a as it's supposed to be some sort of a luchador costume from what uh, he claims. But he also says that he, he had to wear this because there was nothing else in, our clo in their closet. This causes a bit of an awkward moment that we see throughout all of the episodes whenever something gets questioned that's not too what Wanda wants. And then, you know, it just really stopped. It's one of those situations where if this was a real production, a real a real life production, and they stopped, that would have, like, everybody would have said cut, and they would have started over again. This doesn't happen in Wanda's universe because it's her controlling everything pretty much. So when she wants everything to be the way she wants to, when something doesn't happen and the anomaly that is that she is not controlling, it, it, it creates an awkward moment. Uh, Vision tells Wanda that he is off to attend Neighborhood Watch. Wanda almost told Vision that that's not what uh, he um, is supposed to be doing, but stops abruptly to not reveal that she is controlling everything in town. Billy, because if you remember last episode, she was, you know, trying to plead to, um, to Vision that she's not responsible for everything that's happening when she knows that she is. Billy once again breaks the fourth wall to explain to viewers that um, the parents have been arguing a bit lately. Uh, Pietro then volunteers to chaperone the kids uh, for Halloween, which leads him into dressing like the Earth 616 version of his character in the comics with the lightning bolt, the blue costume and everything. His hair is even kind of, you know, Wolverine-ish, if you will. It's, it's hilarious. But what's so comforting about seeing Scarlet, um, seeing, uh, Wanda and Scarlet Witch uh, original costume, even though it's kind of a campy makeshift version, and Vision that way, and 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 Quicksilver that way, and Wiccan in a way. For comic book fans, that brings a bit of comfort 
and rewarding, a rewarding comfort, I should say, because even though it's kind of crappy, we know that they're paying homage to what we know. It's, it's a hell of a lot of fanfare for us. And they obviously can make better costumes in production, but it, there's a, we, it, it just tell, it, it eases our mind, you know, to see that. You know, and, and just such respect to the fans that they have in this case. And not, you know, not it allows us to suspend our disbelief, but also not insult our intelligence as well. So to that, I love that. Tommy also dresses up uh, like him um, to remind fans. He dresses up like uh, Quicksilver to remind fans that he is, uh, I believe, Speedy in the comics. I, I, I believe that's the uh, case of his name in, that, in there as well. We learn later that Vision is in fact investigating the town to find out what is really going on in his town he, because he knows better. Uh, he's Vision. He's a supercomputer synthesoid. What can you do? Meanwhile, back at Sword Bunker, Monica is pissed off at Director Hayward for reacting aggressively towards Wanda by firing missiles uh, at her and the, and, the, and the kids at the last episode. Monica, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy are all upset, actually, at the director and his actions, which is becoming more irrational by the moment. Director Hayward tries to justify his actions based on what he went through in the last five years during the blip period uh, when everybody disappeared. Monica wasn't having it though. She told him not to use the last five years as an excuse to be a coward. And you see Darcy in the back is like, Ooh, you got checked. But then Hayward came back on her as well. It gave her a low blow telling her that he, uh, he is glad that she wasn't around when her mother died because she doesn't have the stomach to handle what's going on right now. So he kind of got it. He kind of got the, uh, he kind of got the burn back on that pair on that period um hayward then even tops that by ordering the three to be removed from the bunker as they are escorted out both jimmy and monica decides to take out the sword troops and to escape and find out what hayward is really planning because something is really shady about him at this point in time we return to the modern day westview as billy and tommy are out trick-or-treating in the neighborhood while wanda and pietro watches them we have we then have Wanda try to test Pietro to see if he is who he says he is by asking him some things about the past. Unfortunately, it doesn't work because Pietro caught on to what she was doing. He uh, he does acknowledge that he doesn't uh, he doesn't he knows that he does not look like uh, or he does look different than he did in there. Uh, but the original brother looked like uh, but he couldn't figure out why. The funny now this there's a really funny moment here that I, I don't know if a lot of people picked up uh, what I call a very funny fun fanfare moment if you will the kids come back and Pietro decides to help create havoc around the neighborhood by stealing candy from other uh, from others and trashing the place however before they do this Tommy shouts out kick ass as, as he as they speed away Wanda then repeats the word kick ass and wonder and, and she has a wonder, uh, F, you know, the look of wonder in her face. Okay. This was absolutely intentional and obvious for those who've watched the careers of these two guys, Peter, uh, Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who both not only played the role of Quicksilver, one on X-Men, the other one in Avengers, but also they were the main characters in the movie Kick-Ass <laughs> <laughs> which is so awesome in hindsight and they now all they, they both 
or in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it was a great little fun Easter egg nod to that as well. And I don't know if a lot of people uh, picked that up. A lot of people who've watched, maybe uh, those who've watched Kick-Ass 1 and 2, they will probably have picked it up. But I thought that was awesome. And when you really think about it, Kick-Ass 1 and 2 were was actually quite a long time ago. And they i don't i don't know if evan, i don't remember if evan peters was in two i think he was but he was definitely in one both of them were in one and i i tell you man it was it was really a nice little treat for um for those who love that movie what again i don't talk about that movie enough in terms of um movies that came out with accuracy to the source i mentioned scott pilgrim i mentioned watchmen Kick-Ass also gets that nod too. Like a lot of what they did in that movie was exactly done in exactly the way that the comic book was when I read it. Um, just, just really, really uh, a cool nod right there. So um, while, let me see, where are we at here? We then see Vision observing the other parts of the town. Now this is after the fact that, you know, this is after the fact that the scene where Quicksilver or Pietro and um, the kids are like wrecking havoc around and Wanda, while Wanda's talking to one of the neighbors and one of the neighbors is the the guy that's been in all of the other versions of Westview the tall you know black gentleman that was in all of the other Westview um, you know versions he's dressed up like uh, Frankenstein and he's also part of Neighborhood Watch and Wanda while he's finding while he's learning about all of these all, all like all these the kids candy is being stolen pumpkins are being smashed and it's all because of um pietro and the kids she suggested like getting vision to stop them but he informs her that he's not he was not ever on duty for uh neighborhood watch so this is where we see vision you know observing other parts of the uh anomaly uh, the anomalies in the area he does come across a couple he, well, first of all, he comes across, um, he comes across, you know, like, he, I, it looks like he's near the end of the Westview area where Ellis Avenue is at and comes to find out that, you know, people are acting really weird here. There are still kids that are act, you know, being you know, around and running around getting candy. But he noticed that he comes across a couple in front of the, uh, their home, putting up decorations, but instead they're like relooping every single time they're in a sort of an infinite loop as they are doing the same thing over and over again you know picking up you know a basket putting down a basket picking up a basket putting down a basket um the wife is actually trying to put up a decoration but puts her hand down and puts it back up and put it so she never really finishes vision looks closer to notice that while the woman is putting up the decoration she is shedding a tear as if she is not in control of her actions this sparks a major red flag for Vision right here, which at this point in time, we get our newest commercial. And I got to say, this is possibly the weirdest commercial to date as we see an animated scene in claymation of a boy stranded in a small island that has a shark swimming around it. The boy says that he is hungry when um, and if you've seen if you're in America, you've seen these craft, uh, commercials, these craft product commercials every, every time, stuff like this, um, like fruit roll up or yogurt commercials and stuff like that. So the boy says that he is hungry when all of a sudden the sunglasses wearing shark it, that was in the water jumps out while riding a surfboard. I don't know why that makes sense onto the Island and talks to the boy. 
He then gives the uh, him what it appears to be a yogurt pack, which, like I said, it, you could this could be a playoff of the Gogurt commercials or other Kraft uh, Kids product commercials. And they named the yogurt pack Yo Magic. That has to be an emphasis on something. The shark gives it uh, to the boy who tries to open it and <laughs> finds out it is impossible to do. This leads to this leads days uh, going by as the boy gets weaker and more malnourished to the point that he dies. His hair even gets matted and, and dreaded up. It's it's so awful. While holding the Yo Magic Pack, he dies. The narrator then says the slogan, which is the snack for survivors. I still have not. This is the first commercial that they've done where I have no clue where this is referencing. But from what I understand, it, it it's I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I you know. I don't I, I can't I can't fathom where this is from. I, I got to look it up, but I, I tried with this one. The other ones were kind of obvious um, in this case because it was referencing like the events of which with um with, with Scarlet Witch or Wanda Maximoff was going through, you know, in our past that led up to this. But I can't figure out this one. I, I hopefully some some people will figure it out sooner or later. If it is, I'll make mention of it too as well. But, you know, it is what it is. It was just really, really weird. So we're back to the show. And we then return to the show. And it is nighttime as the boys are returning uh, the candy that they stole from everybody. Pietro tells Wanda that how lame it is um, that they had to uh, make that she had to make them do that. Wanda then asks him what happened to his accent. Pietro asks a question with another with an uh, answers the question with a question saying, "What happened to your accent?" To which she did not answer. Pietro explains that the details are fuzzy, and that all he remembers is that he got shot up like a chump in the streets for no reason, all at all, no reason at all, and all he remembers is her calling him. So he's referencing when he got shot up by Ultron, uh, you know, to that extent. The kids come back to find out that there is a place that is giving uh, away full-size candy, and they ask her if they could go. But before Wanda can even answer that, Tommy uses his super speed to go to, uh, to the place and retrieve the candy bars. This is the first time we ever see the kids use powers of any kind. Wanda, while... Pietro is really surprised and excited that he has the powers. Wanda, of course, is not phased by the discovery and tells them that they could go as long as they don't go past Ellis uh, Avenue for some reason. Meanwhile, back at Sword Headquarters, we see Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy sneak into one of the server rooms to hack into Sword's database and try to find out what's really going on. Darcy uh, discovers that uh, they are monitoring Monica's vitals and her blood uh, samples after um, her time in Westview and finds out that her DNA is altering. We go back to and see Vision travel, which, by the way, this could possibly be the uh, origin story of Monica, uh, you know, coming into the Marvel Universe with powers and could also lead into her going into Mar uh, Captain Marvel 2 as well. So, you know, keep that in mind. We go back 
as we see Vision travel to Ellis Island, uh, um, not Ellis Island, Ellis Avenue, the Forbidden Area, which he uh, appears, which appears to be at the end of Westview. Vision notices that there are people there that are not moving at all. He tries to he tries calling out uh, to them, but to no avail. Vision uh, then uh, gets out of uh, costume and back into his true form for the first time in this uh, series to further investigate the situation. So this is the first time we see Vision in full Vision mode in this case with the yellow cape and everything. Vision flies high to see if uh, he can spot anything significant only to find a car which appears to have stopped at the end of the road not moving. He flies over to that car and discovers that it is none other then Agnes, who is trying to drive out of town, apparently. Um, Vision touches her to snap out of, like he did with the other person in the other uh, last episode, in, uh, episodes a few episodes ago, uh, because he has the ability to snap them out of that situation. And uh, he be and she becomes, just like the gentleman on, on a uh, few episodes ago, very irrational, especially at the sight of Vision, as she wonders, how is he even still alive? Explaining to him that he died long ago. And she thought she was dead because he, uh, she saw him. Uh, recognizing him as an Avenger and everything. You know, we also discover that Vision is devoid of his past life. As he does not know what an Avenger is. Or what happened to him uh, before he was killed by Thanos. Now, he did mention he doesn't remember anything before him and in and i uh, believe episode uh, last episode i didn't know to the i don't think we knew to what extent i don't we didn't even know if he he didn't even know what an avenger was so he he's complete his his database his his whole entire hard drive is completely wiped out <laughs> where you only have the os the operating system in there you know he, he he's reset to default at this point um so it appears that Agnes may not be the one behind this whole entire thing. I, I I will keep her in the back of my head, but it looks like everybody's suspect, uh, suspicion of Agnes may be totally out in terms of her being ahead of anything or Mephisto or whatever. Well, they could be throwing us off too, so I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't completely take that out of the loop as of yet. Vision heads to the edge directly, um, and heads directly to the edge to, in order to go through it. Back at Sword Headquarters, Monica and Jimmy are off to meet with a friend who can get her back into Westview, and that's when Darcy pretty much tells her that her blood work uh, shows that a DNA cell structure is altering in there as well. So Darcy decides to stay and infiltrate uh, more of the sh uh, Sword files to see what Director Hayward is uh, really doing because something he she believes something really shady is going on and i think that's going to intertwine uh, with everything that's going on here as well back at westview we find out that wanda and pietro is at the town square where they have a heart to heart suddenly pietro asks her was she hiding all these kids after all the all this time because if you recall in the last episode vision and wanda had an argument where vision asked why uh, her why are there no other kids in the town other than billy and tommy so this episode that she created this more modern episode you notice that there's a a, a dozens of kids there now so answer all the questions she turns around she turns away from him to tell her that she doesn't know for sure but she know uh she does know that she was uh in a lonely and dark place wanda suddenly turns around 
only to find only to see Pietro dead with the same bullet wounds that he had when he uh, when Ultron killed him. This is similar to when she saw Vision in the, in the previous episode when we found out that she was the one controlling everything. Uh, so she's having these little certain like you know um, these these certain uh, mental attacks, if you will, PTSD maybe, if you will. Um, back at Sword Headquarters, we see Darcy gaining access to Hayward's classified files when all of a sudden uh, she was alerted that Vision is heading to the barrier Westview, as well as Sword uh, did as well. Vision is at the end and sees a barrier. He goes into it. So our troops also discover him there and they meet him at that destination. We then see Vision trying to get out of the barrier, but by doing so, he is being he begins to deteriorate and struggles to break free. Uh, Westview. Meanwhile, in Westview, and we also see Darcy try to stop him, but Hayward stopped her, and the troops handcuffed her to the one of their vehicles. It was really crazy. So they just want to see what the hell happens from here. Um, and he and Hayward realizes, by the way, that he is trying to get out, but he's not doing anything to help Vision. Meanwhile, in Westview, Tommy suddenly has a psychic link to his father and knows that he's in trouble. This is the first time we realize Billy has his Wiccan abilities as he as Tommy speeds up to him. But Billy stops him with the with a wave of his glowing hand. And and uh, Tommy notices him like, whoa, <laughs> both Tommy and Billy runs back to Wanda to tell uh, he to tell uh, him that something is wrong and dad is dying. Wanda asked Billy where exactly is uh when Pietro makes a smart remark about vision, you know, you know, and to which led to Wanda blasting him away a few feet. She was pissed off at that response, um, which is kind of a classic moment of, of comic book history between those two. Wanda immediately stops the uh, entire town and uses her power to expand the radius of the bar uh, barrier, sucking everyone, including sword into Westview. Um, Sword members try to run away but by doing so, leaving Darcy handcuffed to the vehicle. So we don't know what's going to happen to Darcy at this point, because uh, now she's in Westview. A lot majority of the troops are in Westview. Uh, sword members try to run away, but they can't. Um, Director Hayward, Monica and Jimmy, however, are the only ones that have managed to get away from that barrier. The rest were sucked into a bear into the barrier in what looks like to be another time era. The sword troops were um, turned into uh, circus clowns and the rest will be a mystery until next week. So here's what we need to look forward to next week. One, what's going to happen to Pietro? What's going to happen to Wanda? What's going to happen to Vision? Because he was sucked back in. Um, what new sitcom time era are they into? Because it looked like they went back into like possibly the 60s. I don't know. Could this be like the Wonder Years or something like that? Who knows? It could. I, who knows what they're going to do next? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's It's been crazy. And then furthermore, we got Monica's cell structure changing. And then also on top of that, Monica has a friend who she mentioned before, who is an aerospace engineer. 
So we got to figure out who the hell this is. And I got a feeling this is going to be a big reveal. This is going to be a big reveal or possible debut of somebody we haven't seen before. That's going to blow us away. That's, it's going to be one of those episodes again. There's a lot that is going to happen. So episode six is in the books. It was absolutely great. Um, it was a great slow burn to what is going to happen next week. But I think we're going to see a lot. And I think by the end of this, we're going to be blown away. But right now, whew, this show is the best show on TV. Bar none. It is until the end, I don't, there's not enough to talk about on this show. <laughs> Every week, they manage to, you know, top themselves and do more. I think next week is going to be a ball burner. Guaranteed. So, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to review Judas and the Black Messiah, a must-see, no matter what creed, color, orientation, whatever you need, you need to see this, because a truth has been unveiled, and let's just not even talk about it anymore. We're going to do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Mega Ran, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover, and you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our final stage review, and it is my review and my pleasure to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. Two hours and six minutes of unbelievable performances, storytelling, drama, and real-life events that should make anybody upset about what has happened. This has been talked about forever. The the story of Fred, uh, Fred Hampton, who is the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, and the betrayal of, the, of an FBI informant by the name of William O'Neill, who is betrayed by Lakeith Stanfield, possibly one of... I mean, this brother has been on a lot of great movies from Get Out to... Uh, oh, God. I, just let me see if I can name a few. I mean, Get Out was one of the most particular ones. Um, sorry to bother you. He was awesome in that. Knives Out, he was awesome in that. I mean, you you name it. Selma, he was, he's been in so many great films. But I got to tell you, man, he was in rare form. He killed it on, in this movie, playing uh, Bill O'Neill who was a real life FBI informant. Everything that happened in this movie was based on real life events. Fred Hampton is a legend in black history, in American history. And this is a guy. After watching this movie, I never in my life thought that I would see a real life version of Optimus Prime. And every means that I actually thought of Optimus Prime. And almost to the point that after watching this movie, I'm like, did they 
base Optimus Prime off of Fred Hampton because there was a lot of similarities to his character, his former leadership, his altruistic personality to what I've seen in, 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 in Optimus Prime and Transformers, the way Peter Cullen portrayed him. This was a real life Optimus Prime. This was a guy whose total idea was to was to bring justice and equality to that of the of the police that yeah i mean what's crazy about this movie is that here you have a storyline and premise in in part of history that is still relevant to today everything that happened in this movie is still being questioned today in terms of uh how police you know react to the black community and, and just the neighborhood in general but in this case fred hampton was trying to unify everybody the latino community the white community i mean he was everybody that had some fault with the police he was trying to bring together the police was trying their best the fbi apparently was trying their best to stop him because he was this charismatic leader that can bring change oh so much so that he had a rainbow coalition of people and and, and it is funny too because there's this, there's a scene and i'm going ahead of myself in this case but there's a scene where him and the other black panther party goes into a congregation of white delegates they have the confederate flag right up there and despite it all even though it disturbed a few of the people and and in the black party black panther party fred hampton saw a bigger picture there and he saw that you know the cops and the police were doing things that weren't helping them that the community wasn't being helped and as a whole that there was something bigger and i think that should be more emphasized in this movie other than the fact that you know this man was brutally murdered brutally murdered and it was you know i'm i'm pausing because i'm like it's just all coming into me as i'm watching as i um thinking about what i saw in this movie and it's just unbelievable and it's still happening this movie was to remind us that we got a long way to go before we see social justice and it you know it's really telling because the things that are being said and seen in this movie that's still going on in terms of what the cops are doing and how they are handling what they consider justice it's just amazing um the performances here man daniel uh kaloa kaloya <laughs> this man i you know some of my favorite actors consist of forrest whitaker denzel washington i have to put daniel uh, kaluuya in there as well i mean andy garcia is another one i, I, I really enjoy too um you know Clooney, of course but like you got to put Daniel Kaluuya in this. I mean, of course, a lot of us seen him on uh, on Get Out and seen how he portrayed on there. And then we saw him in Black Panther. And he's been in a lot of other things, Widows and uh, Cesario. What I love about him and his portrayals is his nonverbal ability to tell a story in, in his facial expressions. You saw that in Get Out. You, you kind of saw that in Black Panther as well. But when he portrays Fred Hampton, and by the way, if, for those who don't know, he is a British actor who can 
change. He can co-change in a second. And for those who you would argue about British actors taking, you know, American roles, dude, I, you know what? If you could do the part, you do the part. And he did the part in an Oscar quality way. This man deserves to be nominated. And dare I say win for this role because he embodied Fred Hampton to a T. And I've seen old footage of Fred Hampton after, you know, upon watching this as well and everything. He's done an outstanding job. And if you've seen interviews of what he what he did to portray this character, he actually hired, for those who don't know, I didn't see the uh, interviews. I saw him on Good Morning America, which I thought was hilarious because Robin Roberts was trying to uh, also get out of him any details on Black Panther 2. And she was trying to butter him up. He said, like, you're going to need a whole lot of butter to get me to get me to reveal any of that information. Uh, but he was on um, The Daily Show with, uh, with Trevor Noah as well. And... He said that he hired an opera coach so he can get those speeches out because the affliction, the uh, the cadence of how he was doing the speeches and everything was just amazing. And I think he did a phenomenal job. He made you love this guy. I, he made you understand why other people supported him, why they, you know, why white delegation supported him, why the Latino delegation supported him, why gangs supported him. In order to make change, he felt that if he if he gathered a rank, Fred Hampton did something that we're trying to do now, but we're having trouble doing, and that is gathering all of us together to fight the common foe. And whenever you get a charismatic leader like this, like Malcolm X, like Huey Newton, like, um, you know, like uh, like Martin Luther King, they always find a way. And it's always said in history, if you ever taken history classes or whatever like that, you know that charismatic leaders usually don't last that long, unfortunately. And um, it's sad because there's always somebody who's going to try to take them out. That's why whenever we saw President Obama get elected the first time and they did the parade, and he's walking around with, um, with Michelle. There's not one black person in the world that did not for one second think, they could take that glory away from us. It always happens, except for that moment. And thank goodness that he was not only able to survive and live, that he managed to do eight years of it. Eight great years in comparison, I should say. And, um, man, uh, like, the Fre Fre this, this show, this movie, if anything, told us how great of a dude this guy was and, and a brother he was to not only our community, but to all communities. Just trying to make change, trying to be justified and trying to live equally, but also recognizing our worth and our in our representation as well. We can learn a lot from what he has done and try to advocate that into what we're doing now. That is for sure. Um, other actors in here other great performance as well jesse Plemons as rory mitchell who was the fbi detective that was working alongside bill o'neill uh you know he he recruited him as an informant because you know bill o'neill was a car thief and basically what happened was he instead of you know him arresting him he manipulated him <laughs> into being an informant and, and and being a part of this and it, you know you, we see a lot of this now we see a lot of this now it, throughout the years that has happened. I, I've had my experiences as well. 
in terms of, of, of police and wrongful arrests and stuff like that. I've mentioned that before on this show, uh, episodes back. It, it happens way more often than you think. And he, he used that against him. Jesse Plemons, I am a big fan of from a standpoint of his, his uh, portrayal of Todd in uh, Breaking Bad. I thought that character was unbelievable and scary. <laughs> to that extent of what they were doing on Breaking Bad. And to see him in here, he does it really well. And he has, first of all, on, on a reel, if anybody looks at him and is a comic book fan and watched this movie, you can't tell me he doesn't look like Rob Liefeld. I'm just saying. But I digress. <laughs> if he was younger, he and they did a movie based on Image Comics, he would easily be able to play Rob Liefeld. He looks just like him. But he has this face that you just look like you cannot trust. It is so haunting um, in here. But he does a great job playing this role. He seems he comes off as the nice guy at first trying to do the right thing. But then as you go later in the movie, he totally becomes the dude you would expect him to be in situations like this. Dominic Fishback. I was trying to figure out where I remember this name from. And I was like, damn it, that is the actress who played the woman the girl on um project power on netflix she was awesome on there she was fen she was phenomenal in this movie i noticed the one thing that i love about this movie is that there's a new breed and a new generation of black actors and act uh inherent actresses if you want to say you know categorize it as that but a lot of people just say actors um there's there was all i seen was a new generation of actors that i recognize from other things and my goodness they all knocked it out of the park I'm seeing nothing but a new generation. Our new gener, our next generation of great, talented, quality actors are seen in this movie. That is the one thing you need to check to realize about this. And Dominic Fishback, she did a great job playing uh, Deborah Johnson, who was you know became the supporter, right, love interest of uh, Fred Hampton, but also was the one who had to witness Fred being shot and murdered. Why he was asleep because of because of a drug that was put in uh, by by Bill O'Neill. And by the way, this is not a, like a spoiler worthy type of movie. This is documented history. This is all documented. This is stuff that actually happened. So this is not one of those movies, even though the Titanic. It is, I think this is one of the reasons why I didn't watch the Titanic because I knew it was going to happen. So I didn't want to I didn't care. No, this is something a little bit different from an aspect. So you have to see this because this is stuff that's going on right now. There hasn't been any sinking boats in years. So <laughs> um, not to dismiss that situation, but this is a whole new type of deal. But Deborah was pregnant at the time when they brutally shot and killed her husband, who was under the influence of some type of a drug that wouldn't allow him to wake up and they murdered a lot of people that night and if you look at the end of the movie they said 99 shots were fired by the uh, fbi and the and, and the cops at that time only one shot was fired by the people in that house 99 shots remind you of anything that's happening today that we see on the news right now just unbelievable they felt like taking out fred hampton instead of you know incarcerating him and bringing him taking him back to jail for five years because he wasn't going to be acquitted it was not enough you know it's really funny because you know one of the things that they were saying is like everybody who was rather arrested or taken became more popular than ever by doing so they didn't want that that wanted to give him that type of power 
They wanted to diminish it once and for all. And to do that, they needed uh, uh, Bill to, you know, Wild Bill is what they called him in there. They needed him to do one last thing, and that was it. <sighs> Man. Then you got uh, Ashton uh, Sanders. Um, he played, um, who was it? Uh, who did he play? Jimmy uh, Palmer in here. We had uh, Jake Winters in here, played by uh, Algie Smith. Now, this one is very significant for me because this gentleman, I looked at him and I'm like, I know this face. This face looks familiar. Algie Smith is Ralph Tresvant in the new edition uh, movie on BET. Um, I, I know a lot of people outside of the community didn't see that series. It was a um, it was a five part documented series based on one of my all time favorite, you know, uh, R&B groups of all time. Like new edition is no other in my world. Like people will say the, the, the temptations, the four tops, um, you know, Jackson five, whatever. I grew up with the new edition. But the difference between all of them is like these guys got awards when they were together. They split up, got awards when they weren't together and then came back together again and got awards. So that never doesn't get talked about. But he was Ralph Tresvant, which was the leader of the group of that. And he did a great job as Ralph Tresvant. So to see him in this movie playing in this role of Jake Winters, who went out and was like, I believe if I'm correct. Jim, Jimmy Palmer died in here because the cops cops did something ill he was still alive and they took him into another place and they killed him he knew that something went wrong he went out to try to look for him he was looking for the, the people who murdered him he wound up getting into a situation with a um with a guy who's who witnessed that he had a gun that dude called the cops on him and that just turned out ugly because he wound up being in a firefight with these guys he took out a lot of cops before he, they took him out as well so i'm looking at this and i'm like yeah, I know he's Jake Winters, but to me, it's like Ralph Tresvant just became the Punisher. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. It was all, it was it was crazy and awful in that standpoint. And you know, Fred had to go and you know console his his, his uh, mother, who found out that he you know died and everything. It was just it was incredible. There was one great moment in here that I loved that really defined what fred hampton was like and how altruistic he was when there's always a debate as to whether anything can be truly altruistic they there was a group of group of men in the room they knew fred hampton was going to go to jail they knew something bad was going to happen they were going to try to uh they gave him some money some safe money to actually try to flee and uh, get out the country so he can continue to, to struggle and continue the journey to try to, you know, fight the fight. He didn't want to. They gave him a lot of money to move out and to get out of there. They didn't. He didn't want to. He said, while y'all here talking about me. We're not talking about the medical center that should be open to help people in the community that aren't being helped. You put that money to them. And then if you want to do anything. You name it after Jimmy Palmer. He did not care one bit about saving himself. He cared about his people. He cared about his other people. I mean, this is a man who went on. This is one of the, the significant parts. The other one was the big speech that he did that gets played in, in, as a soundbite on all these interviews. And he, one of the things that I will never, that always, that sticks, that stuck to my mind since I watched this. 
I love the people because I live for the people. No, I live for the people because I love the no, it is no, I was right. I love the people because I live for the people. I live for the people because I love my people. That's one. That's just one of the things that pops off the mind. But there's another one. There's another big thing that he says is like, you can murder a liberator, but you can't murder the liberate a liberation. You can murder a revolution, but you can't murder a revolution. You I'm sorry, let me repeat that. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a re- revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. You can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. I am a revolutionary. That at that moment, that's Daniel Kaluuya. That is the that is a pivotal moment of his performance right there. That's the that is the moment where he just you don't see Daniel Kaluuya. You see Fred Hampton right there. And you see how great of a man this dude was. And you see how passionate Daniel Kaluuya put this performance in. And you just immediately go out of the... You suspend your disbelief right there. That is Fred Hampton. Almost in the same fashion that Denzel Washington was Malcolm X. You just... That was a that was a performance that I could only compare to Denzel Washington. In that case. Unbelievable. Just, just fantastic, man. Um... You also you also have some really interesting appearances as well in here, man. Um, little Little Rel, Little Rel comedian Little Rel was on here. And he played this pimp named Wayne, who actually met up with Bill to give him the drug that took out Fred Hampton. I, the, the funny part is, I felt like this scene right here wasn't real. I don't know if it was or it was he, he was because you know. Bill was kind of seeing some things as he was gradually going along. He was seeing things in his head um, that he couldn't really, he couldn't really get into. Like he, he was, he had a hard time, you know, coming to terms with what he was doing. And he was fighting himself to that extent of whether he was actually um should be doing is he doing the right thing because he started believing what he was into with the black panther party you see what he was doing even when they burnt down there was there the one scene where they were um there was a firefight between the black panther party because the cops was antagonizing them uh to coming out and not only did they shoot one of the guys they took and fred hampton was trying to escape this whole entire thing. He kind of started the whole entire thing, but then he managed to escape and flee without anybody knowing, which was really, really shady. And but one one of the uh, one of the female uh, females in there was uh, beat down. Uh, one of the guys who was shot was beat down in there as well and taken. And then on top of that, they burnt the entire office of their headquarters down completely. Um, it was just horrible. It was just utterly horrible what they did from there and you know after a while bill ended up feeling he started feeling really really bad about what was going on he took it upon himself to help them put the like rebuild the entire um the it, like they rebuilt the entire place and he headed the whole entire thing play uh, you know uh scene from scene wood from wood everything and then the community started helping out as well so when fred came out he saw that the community helped support, not only supported him, but helped him rebuild the, the burnt down building that they had. So, man, it, it's uh, it's been crazy. 
it's it was it was a crazy movie definitely some great appearances in here as well and um ah it was just outstanding if you haven't seen this movie go out of your way the performances were great the uh the um uh, the story was great and it told a real story here's the other thing too at the end they showed um they actually showed the real uh bill hampton out there who apparently did an interview for um for pbs on martin luther king's birthday where he quoted that he was doing his job he was doing what he had to do um he felt that he was contributing to the community there were people who actually yeah i think he if i remember he was saying how he was looking at people and telling them how he was you know he stood out and, and stood for something he didn't just sit around and say that he you know they did something and sat on a couch and didn't do anything he said that he actually said that as if he was part of the, the cause and when he actually was the he, he literally was the judas in this case um i i, I look I, I tell you <laughs> this guy was a piece of work and i say past tense because it was said that when this aired he also committed suicide at on the day that this actual interview aired on PBS. It was wild. And that tell that speaks volumes. That speaks absolute volumes for what was going on in his world too. And uh wow. This movie was very well put together. I think everybody that did this movie justice um you let me see uh shaka king directed this uh will burson was one of the writers shaka king was one of the writers uh four more people credit ryan coogler had something a lot to do with this too i don't know to what extent but i do know that um he was responsible for having daniel kaluuya um kaluuya actually play the part of fred hampton as he as i was was told and um and the interviews that he did, Ryan Coogler, they don't credit him on IMDb for some stupid reason, but I know he has something to do with this movie. He has some influence in this movie because they mentioned him on commercials and stuff. Um, but wow, what an awesome movie this was. What a telling movie this was. I don't, it's hard for me to want to really score it in a sense is that like this shouldn't be like one of those things that that just is, is something that you score it is a part of reality but how it was portrayed how it was told was very well done this beyond gets an a plus for this i swear to goodness this is something a movie this is a movie that not only black people should see or other people of color should see white people should see it there's everybody can learn from this learn what this man was what this man has been to the community what he was trying to accomplish and what wrong what wrong he was done it also the good news that i've that would have said was like the mom had the son which they named fred hampton jr and now he's a chairman of the recent um black panther party as well looks like his father what an unbelievable story and an unfortunate story but a powerful story that was told here not even just for Black History Month, just for American history in general. Watch this movie because this is American history. This is an unfortunate part of American history, 
but it, it it brings a lot of question as to why these things keep happening what is the what is the point of why this happened all the brutality stopping us from achieving equality why does this keep happening you know we talk about google you know having an algorithm that does what it does and an seo engine that does what it does and you know you got all these little these little micro things that are happening that all ended up to a big thing and then you got the situations with the police and everything which by the way i will say since the election and even since january 6th we have seen a decrease in news reports of situations happening whereas before the election and everything we we seen an abundance of police brutality and murders and everything it is diluted just a bit it, it i believe it has decreased and that may be a good thing but we doesn't mean that it's it's all settled we got a long way to go we're in a new chapter and we need to make this new chapter work to benefit everybody it's not just you know tossing us a bone throwing us a bone or something like that by changing the name of aunt your mama or whatever like that we need real change we need real equality. I don't understand to this day what is the fear of us having equal rights and equal opportunities as everybody else. Women having equal rights and equal opportunities as everybody else. Latino community having equal rights and so forth and so on. But if we truly are the United States of America and not the divided states of America, then let's not be the most fearful country in the world by showing and showing that we are truly united and stop situations like this from happening like to people like fred hampton who was only trying to bring community together let's try to find ways to end this corruption quick man because this is this is so we can no longer have these type of movies where we have to see how people are wrongfully done as a person who was wrongfully accused and arrested myself trust me when i tell you i don't want to see this and i don't want to experience that anymore I am blessed and grateful that I am here right now to do this show, to talk to all of you, to interview all these people. But there was, a, uh, there was almost a chance where that almost didn't happen because of the systemic ways of, that we live in. Watch this movie, educate yourself, and continue to keep educating yourself. Only become an advocate of equality. Folks, that will do it for me on this episode of Talk Time Live. Thank you so very much very very much for joining me on this episode and we talked about a lot here um we're gonna keep it going and keep it growing as always um i'll have something new to talk about next week a new review of something next week um i know there's a new anime out that i may want to check out see how that works and see how that is you know you never know i'll come up with something new um as far as select start the new video game this week that i'm going to check out is super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury um i don't want to say i'm not well, i'm going to say i'm enjoying it so far but is it better than mario odyssey i haven't played it that much enough to say that we'll see we'll definitely see but uh, i'm currently playing that right now and then we got also just a reminder of people um persona 5 strikers is coming out this week as well for those who didn't get a chance to play it when it came out in japan you get to play it now I've already reviewed that game, but I'll talk about the English version as well in the coming weeks. I'll still, I'll do a recap review 
of that because now you know i'm going to be playing it uh watching it um playing it with the english cast now it's going to be the same gameplay and all this stuff but you know how are the performances so i'll, I'll do a soft recap review on that and later on when it comes out but i'll definitely be getting that and uh much more to come so thank you oh yeah absolutely uh and we got retro mania wrestling coming out hopefully on time but also we got mike herman that is going to be scheduled to come uh sometime in march as well so stay tuned for that as well as other people that i've contacted too so got some uh good guests coming pretty soon so stay tuned for that for now you can check out this episode and all of our episodes on talktimelive.com you can check out this and you could if you want to check out our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime comics movies and games you could go to the exclusive page on the top first thing talk time live exclusive you click on that tab you'll find a list of all of our interviews including the cast of naruto uh you know kyle abert for uh who plays ryu from street fighter and gohan from dragon ball super um stephanie shade plays sailor moon um my god you name it tc carson the original voice of kratos and kyle barker from in, uh living single mega ran um god you just name anybody just recently got adam shuv on here dj cutman was on here you know i got my neighborhood folks on here as well who really doing great things you know if you're a person who is aspiring to want to be anything you know in terms of you know working in a word of anime from acting to illustration you want to work in the comic books you um you want to be a you know actor of any kind in a movie you want to be a game developer i cover it all i have every i have people that i've interviewed that's in all of those industries in there so definitely go out of your way to check us out and uh check out the talk time live exclusive page or you can type in talk time live exclusive forward slash exclusive or no i'm sorry just talk time forward slash exclusive so i was the same forgive me um but you can also follow us and never miss a beat on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, and Pocket Cast. Jeez, I always think I'm going to screw that up and I don't. So good for me. Uh, so you can check out all that in there and just keep supporting us and keep us growing. Keep this show growing. It's awesome to be able to talk about what i love and you know have people like you to listen to it so thank you so very much so that will do it for me again happy valentine's day to all you people out there all of you uh couples and married people and you know, pet lovers as well whatever i'll just throw that in as well so happy valentine's day for you this is on behalf of myself this is Dak xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i M out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.